Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is my opinion, and I'm going to seek my approval. Do I approve of me? Love doesn't have any expectations. It doesn't seek something in return. It gives because it wants to. At our core, all of us have these feelings of being unlovable and inadequate. And until we start to care for those parts of ourselves, we can't really have the outer successes that we long for. There's money by you, intuition, insight, creativity, higher vision, transcendence. No. Money does buy you pleasure, and pleasure is good, but it's not enough. We need fulfillment. Welcome to the Unwind Podcast, a show to help you pause, relax, reflect, and be curious. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, a best selling author and entrepreneur exploring the human experience. I interview world leading thinkers, shaping ideas around the mind, health, spirituality, philosophy, and culture. I'm often reminded that thoughts become things, so we need to choose the good ones. I hope this show helps you to do that too. Ever wondered how you could increase your personal magnetism, connect with a deeper internal truth, and feel more at peace? Today's guest helps women around the world do exactly that. I'm speaking to Nikki Armitage Foy, a performance coach and the founder of Electric Women. She is the secret behind many of the powerful women we see on stages and in boardrooms. And today she's speaking to us about the tools she uses and the perspective she has on how to build a successful life. I'd love for you to share a quote or a piece of writing that resonates with you. Yes. Okay. So I chose something from uh, an Oracle deck. So it's a deck of cards that I use uh, in my coaching with my clients, which I love. And essentially these cards are all about, you shuffle them and you choose one and they give you sort of a piece of wisdom. Um, And I just find them magical and they always talk to me. So this is a message I have for all the women. (laughs) So it's called trust yourself. You are wise. You know how to grow, even without knowing how you know. Like the ancient forests, spectacular galaxies, and the acorn that becomes the oak, there is a natural intelligence for growth that is beyond logic and reason. It just happens. At the deepest levels, we're governed by this force that's so palpable it literally shapes the world. At the same time, it is so invisible that sometimes we forget its presence and worry that our minds have to work everything out for life to happen and for us to be all right. We can become unnecessarily anxious about our affairs and how life will unfold. You are asked to trust yourself. You know how to grow. Don't overthink things, it won't help you. Don't worry so much, you're doing a great job in this game of life. When you trust yourself, you relax and you can heed your own wisdom, insight and messages much more clearly and easily. (laughs) So nice. I feel we all need to hear that so much. We just live, and I speak for myself, but the anxiety that just constantly plays on 
oh God, how are things going to unfold? You know, even just yeah. the craziest thoughts of how am I going to earn a living? Am I ever going to find that relationship? Like it's just these like, am I, am I, am I? It's yeah. just, and it's so easy to lose trust in oneself. Yeah, absolutely. And my work uh, with Electric Women, so I have a company called Electric Women, the whole essence of it really is to come back to your deeper inner wisdom. Mm. So it's all about um, the work I do is to help women have a vision for their life of who they really are, but also who they want to be, mm. and then bring that vision to life. And what's so powerful about that is it's, you know, who we really are underneath the masks that we wear, that we're not good enough, or we need to be perfect, or all of this stuff. So it's like, who are we when we are playful and radiant and alive? Like, who is that woman? And then who we want to be is sort of helping us access, like, what are our deep desires for ourselves, for our lives? Like, what do we want? And I think coming back to that vision, which is sourced by our intuition, our inner wisdom, that's where we can go in and we can develop that trust and clarity. What do you think is preventing us from accessing our internal electric women, as you say? A number of things. Being caught up in the busyness of life being caught up in habits, which numbers out. I struggled with an eating disorder for 20 years and I numbed myself out for that time, just overeating, bulimia, lots of different things like that. You know, alcoholism, shopping, workaholism, like isms, <laughs> anything that we do to numb us, to stop us from going inside. Um, and I suppose all of that as well is about like, fitting in and who we think we should be and needing people's approval and it's very externally focused mm. it's when we get very externally focused on what we should be that stops us from going within I think I would love to talk to you about the eating disorder that you recovered from because mm. we don't talk about eating disorders enough anorexia is a huge cause of death in young women yeah. where do you think the root of these problems are from my own experience I suppose I was quite a sensitive little girl <laughs> and had lots of feelings and thoughts, but I had nowhere to express myself. So I sort of had to shut it down. And, you know, growing up with my wonderful family, I adored them, but really sort of growing up in this kind of British culture, which is like, don't express yourself really. Don't talk about how you're feeling too much. Just keep calm and carry on and get on with it. And I think it was just not able to, not having a space to feel safe in who I am, really, and then eating. I mean, there's probably many causes. I'm part of the 12-step fellowship, so like you have Alcott's Anonymous, there's one called Overeaters Anonymous, but there's that really, it should be called Eating Disorders Anonymous because it's for anorexics and bulimics and overeaters. I think the power of the 12 steps is that it, it gives you a fellowship of people who all have the same thing. <laughs> we all struggle with addiction. And it's a really safe space just to share how you're feeling that day, what you're struggling with, how you might have binged the night before and you hate yourself and you hate your body, but but you say it amongst people who totally get it, not just like yeah. what you've had an extra piece of cake, so what, you know. So there's no judgment and that's the power of, of the 12 steps. And I'm glad Russell Brand is doing his thing with that and I'm glad more and more people are becoming so much aware, more aware to their own addiction and how did your experience through recovery help you to develop at this concept of electric woman and become, you know, who you are today, which is this mm. incredible coach supporting 
a lot of very powerful women around the world. I had a coach a long time ago. And she said to me, when I was in the midst of my eating disorder, and I was literally struggling and binging every day and just not happy at all. She said to me, what's the gift in your eating disorder? And I just wanted to punch her in the face. I was like, you have no idea. This is pure pain. And I don't know how to get out of it. But she said, what's the gift in it? And for me, the gift was Electric Woman, because it was, I, I always think we can turn our pain into power and, you know, turn our struggle into something. That's, I think, where so much of our purpose comes from, from our struggle. And so my struggle with my eating disorder was all about my own lack of self-worth and self-esteem. And I wanted that so much for myself. And I wanted a vision of my Electric Woman to help inspire me to move forward into who I naturally am without the all those negative thoughts about myself. Um, and so that's really what sort of ignited Electric Woman. It was like, I want to do this for other women as well. I wonder why so many women feel that shrinking themselves, and I relate, by the way, I've, mm. you know, 100% battled with this. Shrinking ourselves is a route to being more well-liked or better received. Where do you think this link comes from? Mm. When I think about shrinking myself, I think about being kind of good girl or a little girl or needing other people's approval or not being too much. And I think it just comes from <laughs> like, I mean, I watched Barbie the other day and just like I grew up playing with Barbies all the time and you, you play with these ideals mm. and, and that's what you think you should be. And, mm. and it's constantly, we think as a woman, we have to look a certain way because it's what we've grown up with. I watched um, a film called Teen Witch the other day, and it was one of my favorite films in the 80s. And I was horrified. <laughs> this woman, the Teen Witch, it was all about witchery, but it sort of wasn't. It was all about her becoming popular and beautiful so a man would like her. And the whole thing about was, was just how can it become more beautiful and more like just be the object of the male gaze and all that stuff and it, it is a shrinking and you feel very disempowered I felt very disempowered watching it now I, I loved it at the time because I wanted to be her but that I think that's where the the shrinking comes from these ideals something that you're very passionate about is empowering women to understand their sexuality mm. why is that being important for you and your healing journey and why is something that you really try to heal other women with. Well, I want to read a little quote um, that's one of my favorite quotes. It's by Naomi Wolf, who wrote a book called Vagina. And any book that has a vagina vulva name on it, I think is a good one. There's also one called Pussy <laughs> by uh, Regina Thomas Hauer. Excellent. Anyway, so this quote, female sexual pleasure is not just about sexuality or just about pleasure. It serves as a medium of female self-knowledge and hopefulness female creativity and courage, female focus and initiative, female bliss and transcendence, and as a medium of sensibility that feels very much like freedom. What I love about that quote is like, it's not just about sexuality. It, sexuality is a direct access for us to feel more free mm. um, in who we are as we start to open ourselves up to empowering our sexual woman within. <laughs> And I want every woman 
to go on a journey of her own, whatever that looks like, to empower herself sexually. Mm. And what mine looked like was, I mean, I had um, 20 years of eating disorder, hating my body, walking around. I used to say, like, I used to walk around like a walking head, just totally disconnected from down here. I just, like, ah, please put lots of makeup on and smile nicely and hope no one really sees how much I hate myself. I um, realized what I was doing sexually was I didn't think I was worth pleasure. Mm. Um, and I would just give my partner the pleasure and just hope that he had a great experience. And then I've done my job, but yeah. totally not in touch with myself in any way. Yeah. So my journey had to be about reclaiming my sexuality and um, what does it mean to give myself pleasure <laughs> and can I receive pleasure and am I worthy of it and what do I need to look at to help me like what fears do I need to look at or behaviors that keep me stuck in that old pattern I actually came across this sexuality wellness practice called orgasmic meditation what was so powerful for me in that practice was I basically um, had to lie down on a yoga mat and have my clitoris stroke for 15 minutes by someone I didn't know. <laughs> and <laughs> opening my legs for the first time, having someone pay such attention to that part of my body without having to then give him a blowjob afterwards yeah. or thank you so much or writhe around and play. I could just receive. And I remember walking away from that experience, like, what on earth am I doing? I just like, that was so weird. My head was saying all that. My body was like, give me more. Yeah. And I just had to go and sort of get filled up again of like more conscious sexuality, you know, learning about who I am as a sexual woman. What are my desires? I do lots of visualization in my work and, um, one of the visualizations I do with my clients is where you get to meet your most empowered sexual self and you visualize her and she comes to life and you see what is she like. And often it's this side of us. It's sort of this side that we've repressed. Mm. You know, we put in the shadows because we couldn't be, we shouldn't be too sexual. We should be mm. a nice girl, all that rubbish. And, um, and that sexual woman just is like alive and like ravenous and hungry and full of desire and wants like adventure and play and, it's just like this whole life force that awakens. And I love playing with helping women connect that sexuality, that life force, because it's like whenever they're stuck, I'm like, well, what does your pussy say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what does your sexual woman want to say about that? And they, they come straight out of their fear. They come straight out of that anxiety. And they're just like, I want this. It's really powerful. Wow. <laughs> yeah. At what point did you start to see this shift in the external Nikki as you started to really pay attention to healing this sexual part of yourself? There was a time when I decided I'd spent such a long time of my life being perfect, yeah. wearing perfect, trying to get the perfect look and the perfect hair and the perfect clothes and perfect nails. I just decided I was ready to <laughs> get rid of all of that. So I decided to give myself an experiment where I took, I didn't wear makeup for six months and I actually just cut my hair really short. And I also had an experiment where I didn't look in the mirror for a week. And that was really hard. I started to feel different when I was saying no. And that was quite an extreme. Yeah. Some people might say that's quite extreme. <laughs> um, but it was so liberating. And I think it's just when we say no to the conditioning and we try something different. Mm. And as a result of doing that, 
I, I then started to put the makeup back on. I grew my hair a bit longer, but I felt different. I felt like me. I, that's why I'm so passionate about finding your own electric woman and who you are naturally without the masks that we put on and just really building the vision of that woman because that's where that natural sexuality and the play and the freedom comes from. So I really want to talk about visualization because you've mentioned it a couple of times mm -hmm. and we actually had a session where yeah. you took me through a visualization and it is wild that the, and I've done it in the past, but I'm always kind of surprised at how bizarrely phenomenal visualization is. Mm. So would you mind kind of explaining what is visualization and how does that really work? It's basically like a guided meditation, a guided journey. So I'll be, I'll talk to you, you'll close your eyes, I'll get you to relax, sort of come out of your head a little bit into your breath, you know. It's all about helping us tap into our creative subconscious, which is our sort of the home of our intuition, our inner knowing. And so we sort of open up that part of ourselves rather than like trying to work out what we think we should be doing in a year from now. We just sort of like, just sort of allow that intuition to guide us. And what's so beautiful about the creative subconscious is it's the land of creativity and mm -hmm. new ideas. And so we don't always know. I think the downside when we do visualization, sometimes I'll do an electric moon visualization with someone And I'll say, you know, just relax and receive and see what shows up in this. You know, you may get an image or you may feel something. And sometimes people like, I really want her to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the killer of visualization. So the whole point is you just want to relax and see what intuitive images or words or feelings come to you because that's sort of your intuition talking to you. And um, I did a visualization... 15 years ago, when I was exploring becoming a coach, at the time, I wasn't in a very happy relationship. And obviously, all the eating disorder stuff I talked about, um, I wasn't in a good place, really. And I did this visualization where I met, essentially, my electric woman. And I saw this vision of this woman on a beach. And she was wearing white. I don't always wear white, but she was wearing white at the time. And um, she just seemed so serene. Like, I just saw this really serene, peaceful woman And she didn't have an eating disorder and she had, I felt like she had her own business and she wasn't in this relationship that was quite toxic for me at the time. And the whole point of visualization is to ask questions to your electric woman, to your future self. What will it take to get from where I am now to where you are? How do I get to you? What shall I let go of? How, if I were to br bring you into my life now, what would you do? Mm. You know, and, and so you get all this download of wisdom and... I called my electric woman Serenity, and she's evolved over the years, um, but my initial visualization was Serenity, and Serenity was like, leave the relationship, become a coach, get into eating disorder recovery, like all of this clarity, and that was what my deepest desires were really, but mm. I didn't have the confidence to like fully own it mm. or say them at the time. It really appeared to me that visualization helped me to override that rational side of our brain yes exactly and the one that's trying to control everything and it was and I can totally understand why people want to want to control their visualizations because you know you want to kind of meet this unbelievable goddess in my visualization I definitely met my kind of future goddess but she definitely wasn't 
how I thought she would be. Mm. And the feelings were of, you know, calm, clarity. And I think probably if I tried to manufacture it myself with my rational brain, I would want, you know, some kind of... (laughs) I don't know, you know, kind of Xena, the warrior princess turn up, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, but it's it's interesting, you know, when the the difference between expectations and truth. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, So I I loved your visualization. And and I love that you mentioned about the calm and the peace. So much of the time women in their visualizations get a sense of calm and peace. And that's really what they, what's needed just to trust life again and to start opening up. Um, and and you can do a visualization to ignite that warrior princess if you want to bring more of that out. The beauty of um, the work I do around the feminine, like feminine energy, is like we have all these sides of ourselves, like the kind of the nurturer, the calm, peaceful one, the warrior, the seductress, the sensualist, the intellect. Like we have we have this full range of who we are and we all we want to like tap in to different sides of ourselves at different times and you're kind of that nurturing maternal peaceful electric woman of yours was it felt just so necessary with what you were working on at the time just to really relax into it planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'd love to move on to talk about divine femininity, feminine energy, because I think this is something we're all collectively talking about. I see a lot of videos on Instagram and TikTok about, you know, harnessing your divine feminine energy. Mm. And if I'm being truly honest, sometimes it really annoys me Mm. because it kind of basically tells you to, in some ways, be a bit passive. Mm. And I think to myself, well, what world has been created Mm. just by sitting there? (laughs) And I know there's some flaws in that understanding. So I'd love to kind of hear from you, what does it truly mean to be in your feminine and why is it important for women to find it Mm. in a world that maybe doesn't encourage us to be in it? Oh, well, for me, the feminine is about connecting to our intuition, seeing that as a powerful source of our wisdom. The divine feminine, I think, is sort of classified or what we see a lot is is like um, this very kind of graceful, receiving, receptive, soft power, which I think is really powerful. Um, I don't think that's all it is, though. I think it's also the warrior and the 
you know, it, it's it's the vulnerable side of us. It's not just this kind of graceful, you know, um, but we are all of it, you know. And I think for me, over the past five years, you know, COVID, having two children, my husband lost his mum, like all of this, like quite intense time. And I had to actually go a bit more into my divine feminine, I suppose, and sort of soften rather than trying to control everything. Because I think a lot of the time why divine feminine is appealing to women is especially for women who are quite type A and controlling and perfectionist because we just want to know what's going to happen. And so we have to the divine feminine is all about like receiving <laughs> and, and not pushing and forcing. It's like power, not force. And I had to really lean into my softness with my husband and my vulnerability rather than complete meltdown anger and frustration mm. to the whole situation. So there's something about surrendering, which I think is powerful about the feminine. But then there is this range. I think Beyonce, I love Beyonce. I think she does the range of the feminine so well. She's like fierce and soft and vulnerable and all of it. And I think that's really what the feminine is. And also, um, I remember reading Women Who Run With The Wolves. I don't know if you... Yes, I'm obsessed with that book. Yeah, it's like the Bible of the feminine, I think. Yeah. Um, and that really is all about the inner world of women and our inner, how, how our kind of our, the feminine wisdom that we hold within us. And I think... When, if you want to explore more of your feminine, you've just got to, you know, go deeper into like, what do you value in life? What do you shut down about yourself? Are you shutting down your sexuality? Are you shutting down your softness? Are you shutting down the, the warrior in you? And we've got to reclaim those parts. How do you actually tangibly advise people to loosen their grip on control? First of all, two things. One, why are you feeling the need to control everything? Just blurt, like what's going on? Are you feeling fear? What's the fear about? Are you feeling shame? Are you feeling frustration? Like, where is this coming from? What does this mean if you don't get this thing? Yeah. You know, so just to voice it and then to go to that place of inner wisdom. What do you really want in this moment? If you were to surrender this, what would be possible? And just to sort of explore another way. You know, because that control leads us to misery. That's a great quote. Control leads us to misery. But it's interesting, as you just said, that first question you ask people, where is this control coming from? We really don't contemplate that enough, do we? Mm -mm. And where, where often is that control coming from with the women that you coach? I think it's a self-imposed pressure that they put on themselves to succeed They've created this definition of success that they want to get to and they have to get there. Yeah. And that definition may not be serving them in mm. some way. I find it's the control often for me is the pressure. I have control. I've been going through this insane amount of need to control the house and make it all perfect and tidy at all times, even with two under fives. <laughs> um, <laughs> But just that, that you know, I saw my mum have a beautiful, perfect house and that's what I think it is to be a mother. And it's all this stuff of what these like little wiring in my brain, what this all means, having yeah. a perfect house. And it's just my husband is not <laughs> tidy, but he's perfect for me because he constantly says no to the control. 
Mm. in me (laughs) and do you use mantras or is it kind of you know even when you're not working with you know your own coaches is it the meditation is it what what are the tools Mm. that you reach for when you're being challenged to let go there's the conscious awareness that you're being Mm. challenged to let go which clearly you know you're an expert in Mm. but then there's the actual kind of how do we apply that yeah well it's like what you said before about the grounding going into nature finding ways that where you can just come back to maybe that softness rather than it's like we've got caught on something which has triggered us and made us want to control so I really highly promote finding someone safe who you can talk to really vulnerably and say this is how I'm feeling I'm so controlling you know you can just share but it's important to go under the layers of I'm feeling really angry And my heart really wants this, but I feel like I can't get it, you know. So sharing really honestly with someone who feels safe, who won't judge you. I think going into nature, connecting with your electric woman, writing out all your fears. There's this beautiful tool that I I do with clients called a fear inventory. And you basically say, I'm resentful to not having a tidy house because I fear that it means I'm a bad mother because I fear that I'm not going to be bring my children up in a way that they'll respect and you just sort of get all of that control voice out of you so going back to um how one empowers themselves sexually obviously you went to probably quite an extreme remedy (laughs) how does you know someone even start to kind of go to the edge of this exploration of sexuality because as you said we've been very conditioned to remove ourselves from it, separate ourselves from it. And obviously all the terminology around slut and slag and being overly promiscuous Mm. has, you know, made people Mm. be disconnected. What's the road back? I'm a big fan of a desire list. So I might write down some kind of sexual desires. I want to have, (laughs) and you can keep this very private in your journal, whatever. I, I want to feel more at peace with my body. I want to have a really long, deep orgasm. I want to have a really playful, intimate partner who I don't feel embarrassed by. I want to feel at peace with my tummy when I'm having sex and I'm not looking down at it and thinking it's too big. And you just sort of identify like, what do you want? And maybe sort of what's stopping you. I often say to my clients, we call them sexual saboteurs, you may have the supermodel saboteur, which is I need to look amazing and always be in missionary position, but with my boobs like pert. And so he can't, I can't possibly like show all my body in a very unflattering way. But so we have to actually sort of get you out of that perfection Mm. and come into a bit more of a playful sexual experience. So to challenge yourself to do something a bit different Another one I, I would say to women, uh, quite simple, is, is just to masturbate every day. 30 days, ideally. <laughs> masturbate. And it doesn't mean like climaxing either. It could just be five or 10 minutes of like using some oil, using spreading your body, just touching yourself and see how it feels. That the problem that we have in our culture is that it's a very kind of performance driven climax, get to climax. That's the end goal. And I think the beauty of female sexuality is it's the journey you know Mm. and it's how you feel in your body I remember 
when I was coming up into my eating disorder recovery, I, I one of the most radical things I did, and it's so simple, was to get some moisturizer and just spend five minutes just rubbing it into my body and rubbing it into the areas that I didn't like. Basically just sort of saying sorry, you know. Our bodies take so much hatred and bashing from us. And it's actually really powerful just to like connect with our bodies. And I have this body wisdom exercise. I often get to say to clients, like, what is your what does your legs want to say in this moment? If you hate your legs, what do they want to say to you? You know, and it's heartbreaking. And it's just starting to develop that relationship again with our bodies. And what was the greatest hurdle to your recovery, would you say? I suppose a deep belief that's embedded deep into my psyche that I'm not good enough. That's why I think our work is finding our electric woman, our electric man is so important on a, on a, as a daily regular practice. Like what do we want today? What, what are we grateful for? How can we connect with nature? How are we feeling? Who do we want to talk to about what we're feeling? Uh, just coming back to ourselves and, and just sort of undoing that I'm not good enough, not that is so embedded. I'm not good enough shows itself in so many different ways. A question that we um, got asked to ask you is how do you coach people through disappointment? Because I think that disappointment is something that isn't discussed enough because everyone's disappointed on so many different levels, whether it's, I don't know, your local coffee shop ran out of the milk you like to disappointment on not getting the job you want or, you know, relationship ending, which you felt, you know, was going Mm. to be longer or, you know, we are constantly faced with disappointment. Mm. How do you manage that? allow whoever's feeling that disappointment to feel seen and heard in their disappointment to really go there and share this is how I'm feeling this is why it's so disappointing to me and just to allow themselves to feel that disappointment within them and then it evolves and changes Um, in the coaching school I trained with um, there's this phrase which we have for all our clients, which is, um, it says, every client is naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And so it's what happens if we are seen and heard in our full disappointment, we can then start to feel resourceful once we've been seen and heard and go, okay, well, where do I want to go from this? And Mm. what's next? And how do I want to use this experience to help me in what's coming now? So it's just to trust ourselves. It's not to think that our lives are broken and we've failed and it's all we can wallow there for a little while and then recover ourselves and get resourceful again I love that idea of metabolizing kind of disappointment Mm. um and it goes again to the point you shared at the beginning of you know the opposite of suppressing or the opposite of disconnecting that disappointment feeling to kind of you know, being duck syndrome, looking like you're kind of gliding yeah. when you're firstly paddling underneath. Yeah. Another question. Um, they say, I've been following the guidance around manifestation, but my life still feels very stuck and I can't find a romantic partner. What should I do? Mm, okay. Firstly, trust that it's coming. <laughs> trust. I don't think whatever's meant to be for you in life will, will pass you by. And I think that if you deeply know, like I deeply felt I I was going to be with someone and I am with someone and I think that if you know that's going to come like trust it and maybe focus a bit more on you right now and what's going to make you happy because we we so much focus on like 
meeting someone, we get obsessed with it. We go to the right same, you know, where are they going to be? Are they going to be in this kind of bar? And I need to flirt more outrageously and I need to be, and we start to sort of lose ourselves a bit in the kind of process of trying to find someone. (laughs) And so my suggestion to this person would be to come back to themselves and like, are they happy? Are they fulfilled? Are they living a wonderful life? If not, do that. Find their own electric woman, feel radiant within themselves Mm. and naturally enjoy their life and trust that that person's going to come. And the more they do that and light themselves up, they're going to attract an amazing person. And I think it would be helpful probably to ask a question on behalf of people who are in relationships, because I think it's really easy to think that you're unhappy because your partner isn't doing X, Y, Z. And so what would be your advice to someone wanting to improve their relationship, but feels really stagnant and stuck? Focus on you. What do you want that's going to help you get less stagnant and stuck in your own life? And then through that, that will hopefully inspire the other person. My husband, we've been in a time of lots of stagnancy and stuckness in our relationship. At one point, we were like, we're going to get divorced. Like, this isn't working. I want him to change. He wants me to change. It's not working. I just had to put the focus back on me and less on him and how I wanted him to change. Mm. And I had to then... I realized I was slack in my eating disorder recovery stuff and I wanted to connect more with my electric woman, get back to journaling, get back to like sharing in my community, finding my people and just build me up. And because I've done that, I feel naturally more grateful and present with my children and him. And, and it's like I'm looking through happy, a happier lens, not through this quite sad lens and angry lens. And then he gets inspired and starts making his own changes. Or I can't control what he's going to do, and I shouldn't. That's the downfall of a relationship. Control. Mm. Again. Control leads to misery. Downfall of relationships. It's so interesting because I feel that this chat has just kind of naturally brought up these themes that keep coming up, which is this inherent need for all humans to kind of want to control. Yeah. The lack of trust that we have and actually the trust that we all need to work on and having more. And also the internal going within rather than outside. Mm. But I think that, you know, and I know we've touched upon it, but it sounds like, and it goes back to the passage you read out, we need to go back to trust. And you have shared some tools, but if we could go there again, that would be really helpful. How do we return to building self-trust in a world that I think divorces us from it? Mm. Building self-trust is challenging ourselves to be our full self. In coaching, again, my teacher said that every client is like a castle. And what happens as we go through life is at the beginning, when we're young, we have all the doors open to our lovely castle. We're running around and we're happy. And then as we grow older, we're like, oh, we're going to shut that door because that's, you're too sexual or you're too loud or you're too strong or you're too... And and I think building self-trust is starting to open ourselves back up again and and believe that we are sexual women or we are strong or we are, it's like starting to gain evidence of in the areas that we felt weak in before and, and gain evidence. Like I had to work on 
developing a positive mindset because I can go straight into anxiety and control. Mm. And, and I think building that self-trust is having practices and tools like gratitudes, meditation, visualization, community. And it's having a, a, almost like a trust circle or like developing your own way of living that makes you trust yourself. Like there are certain people in my life that judge me. They think I'm a bit weird you know, and, and I don't, I don't think for me, when I think about building my self-trust, it's healthy for me to spend too long with them. You know, I want to go into an environment that builds me up and makes me feel strong. And it's like people who I interact with, they, they kind of mirror back the truth in me. And that's where all that trust builds from. So I think it's being really mindful about your practices and people and tools in your life that just make you feel really strong in who you are. And if you're not strong in a certain area, work on it and grow in it and celebrate it. I really like that word evidence because I really think that it's hard to tell the subconscious something that you don't have evidence for. So mm. just stand, and they've proven that with, you know, research and affirmations. They've proven that if you just stand in front of a mirror and say, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, and you don't believe it, your subconscious is just going to think that you're lying and mm. not taking it seriously. Mm. So I think that's really, really helpful advice to look out for pieces of evidence we can hold on to yeah. that r remind us to open those doors and find yeah. more self-trust. Yeah, I love that. What's a book you often recommend for people to read? I love Women Who Run With The Wolves. Um, there's this book called Women Who Rose Rooted by Sharon Blackie. And that's just this kind of um, looking at our ancestors and looking at kind of the the wisdom of of the women gone before us. And it's just really amazing. And I'm getting a bit more into Joe Dispenza's work, into Supernatural, and I'm really enjoying that. It's quite dense, but I love, because that's all about the visualization process, if you're really interested in like future self-visualization. So I'd recommend that one too. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been so heartfelt, and I'm sure so many people can relate to the things that we've spoken about today because they are so inherently human thank you so much yeah thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed today please hit subscribe and leave a comment because this helps the podcast so much i'd be endlessly grateful if you wouldn't mind doing so my mental health book happy not perfect is available to order now the book teaches you how to be a flexible thinker a skill that helps you navigate any challenge that might come your way, helps you manage emotions, and helps you thrive to be the bendiest version of yourself. Until next time, I love hearing from you, so do shoot me a message on Instagram, send me a DM with any of your thoughts. Stay safe and well. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started